Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Circle of Nature. This is Selena Fox, and we explore in this podcast, Making Magic at Samhain and Halloween time. I'd like to share with you a chant that I created several years ago and that I use not only right at Samhain and at Halloween time, but in the time or the tide leading up to it. Samhain tide is flowing, ancient ways of knowing. Samhain tide is growing, spirit world is showing. Samhain tide is flowing, ancient ways of knowing. Samhain tide is growing, spirit world is showing. Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, is how it's usually spelled, but it's pronounced Samhain by most people. It is the ancient Celtic fire festival that many call the Celtic New Year. We don't have lots of information from the ancient past about how Celtic peoples celebrated it, but we do know that it is a very ancient festival and that bonfires were connected with this celebration as well as the honoring of the dead. Not only those who have died in the past year, but the ancestors and all the beloved dead, those who have crossed into the other world. It being the Celtic New Year, divination is often associated with New Year observances in different parts of the world. And many people who are contemporary practitioners of Celtic spirituality continue the tradition in contemporary times of getting guidance about the past, about the present, and the future. Making magic at Samhain and Halloween time. Well, magic has many definitions. I'm going to use my own focused um, definition, which is focusing your intention to bring about transformation. And in this podcast, I'd like to share with you not only some ways that Samhain and Halloween, a separate festivity, but a connected one, have been celebrated over time, how they're being celebrated by many people now in contemporary times, and some possibilities for Samhain and Halloween magic making in the future. Finding a time to have the magic making is important. My approach to making magic at Samhain is to actually 
have that happen over the course of multiple days and nights. In fact, in the Northern Hemisphere, Samhain, which most people celebrate on or near the 31st of October, is a time that can be celebrated for several weeks prior to the end of the month. Some people, myself included, have a series of Samhain observances throughout the month of October. Of course, those in the Southern Hemisphere, there's a six-month difference. As part of my own Samhain magic making, I not only focus on the purpose of the meditation, the divination, the ritual that's part of magic making in the place where I'm observing, but I recognize from a global level that there are many people who are connecting at this sacred time by a different name, Beltane. And I honor that through my own personal practices. Indeed, Samhain and Beltane have many things in common, not only the Celtic antiquity traditions, but the fact that these are times linked in with when the world of the living and the world of the dead becomes easier to connect with. Some people call this the thin times, the thinning of the veil. People are aware who are practitioners of contemporary forms of nature spirituality that Samhain has this focus on the dead, but yet at Beltane, we also have a letting go of the old as the flowering of the new, of the height of springtime manifest. Some other things to keep in mind with timing is the holiday of Halloween. Halloween gets its name from All Hallows Eve and was celebrated on October 31st in old Europe, which was the eve before All Saints Day, November 1st, and All Souls Day, November 2nd. So during the Middle Ages, as Christianity became the dominant form of religion in many parts of Europe, not all parts, but many parts, the old ways got Christianized. So Halloween has the distinction of not only having some connections with Christian holidays honoring the dead, but it has roots that go back to the pagan past. And for myself, I enjoy celebrating Halloween as well as Samhain. And I also have respect for other holidays that are happening at this time in late October, early November. In some traditions, there is the celebration of the winter time coming, dividing the year into the cold half and the warm half. And so there is a piece around Samhain and Halloween in the Northern Hemisphere that really links that late October, early November to that transition into the colder months. And indeed, from a visible light standpoint, the days start growing shorter beginning at autumnal equinox. And Samhain is the midpoint between autumnal equinox on or near September 21st and the winter solstice on or near December 21st. So that's another dimension to keep in mind as you plan making magic at Samhain 
and Halloween time. Amongst people with Mexican heritage and some other parts of Central and South America, and indeed around the world, since we are now globally connected through cyberspace and through people having transportation that makes it possible for us to live in different parts of the world. So the days of the dead, Dia de Mortos, some will celebrate October 31st through November 2nd, and some people keep with the ancient Mexican indigenous traditions and actually celebrate it much longer. It actually, before Mexico, what's now known as Mexico, had Roman Catholics come and settle the place, there was a time of observing the dead. Um, not just for a few days, but for several weeks. And I want to encourage you to expand your understanding of the different holidays that happen in late October, early November, for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere. Really recognize the distinction, but also some of the connections amongst these different holidays. So when to observe Samhain, when to observe Halloween. Some people focus on special ceremonies at dark moon, new moon time. Others will do a special ceremony at the full moon closest to Samhain. I do all of these things as part of my own making magic at Samhain and Halloween. Having displays in one's home, on altars, on dining tables, on bookshelves, on the front door, symbols of Samhain and or Halloween is a wonderful way to create an environment and to have that energy depicted in your space, in your home space, as you do the making of magic. Indeed, one of the first ways to make magic for Samhain and Halloween is to have some kind of decoration. It is not necessary to have lots of decorations nor do you have to spend a lot of money on decorations. You can handcraft things. You can run off some artwork off of the internet that you might find some things for display. And if you have access to gardening, you have your own garden or have friends that are farmers or gardeners, you may be able to find some symbols of the last of the harvest festivals to use for decorations. Apples and pumpkins are among the things that I use that are symbols of harvest time. It is considered the last of the harvest at Samhain time and certainly where you live makes a difference as to whether it truly is the last of the harvest um, or not. I live um, next to Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, which is located in southwestern Wisconsin, USA. And we clearly need to get our harvesting of herbs, of fruits and vegetables, of other growing things done by the time the first frost happens, and that typically is in October. And as part of bringing the harvest in, one does magic of thanksgiving for what one has received or what one has gathered from the local farm market um, or other places where one gets produce. It's a, a magic of thanksgiving. And 
the magic called protecting the harvest. So not only bringing in the harvest, but storing it and having it preserved. Back in ancient Celtic times, that was essential, not only for individuals and families, but for the whole community that lived together. Sawin, Sawin, summer's in. Bring harvest in, Sawin, Sawin, the veil is thin. Come, spirit friend. And in this Samhain chant I created a number of years ago and used as part of my making magic at Samhain time, it mentions the end of summer, meaning the growing season. Some say the name Samhain means summer's end. And yes, bringing the harvest in is a tradition connected with that. And the thinning of the veil not only recognizing the connection between world of living and the dead has a thinner veil at this time, but that this is an opportunity to remember and should the spiritual path that we practice have this as a tradition, it is a time for expressing those remembrances and perhaps communicating with those beloved dead and ancestors, the spirit friends in the other world. As part of making magic, let's take a look at some options for Samhain and Halloween. For me, Samhain and Halloween also connect with the October 31st date so I have my Samhain observances that I do much of the month of October and a series of activities and different types of rituals and meditations, nature walks, decorations, reflections. But for Halloween, that is now transformed from a holiday that has its roots with the old Celtic New Year and then picked up Christian associations as the celebration of the dead was moved early on in Christianity as it became an institution from being in May to the beginning of November. So I see that we can connect with Samhain in a multicultural, interreligious way with people from many different um, parts of the world who are celebrating. And we also can recognize that Samhain itself can have many different dimensions. So we have the more public celebration of Halloween, which I really see as a more secular folk holiday. It has some religious roots, pagan and Christian, but it's evolved to be multicultural, international, multilingual, and a fun holiday, not just for kids to go trick or treating, but people of all ages to have some fun. And I see magic making through celebration as a really powerful way to enrich one's personal life as well as the life of those around. So some dimensions of magic for making magic at Samhain and Halloween time. Personal, okay, do some personal reflection, divination, um, to actually do that transformation by making some time available where you go inward. You reflect on your own personal life. And if you're part of a tradition, as are many contemporary pagans, that Samhain is the beginning of the spiritual year, 
pay attention to what's happened in the past year. What are some things you want to release, let go of? What are some things you wish to call into your life? And of course, divination can be a really powerful way to make magic. And there's different ways of doing divination. You may do this through tarot or oracle cards. And instead of doing a huge spread, you may want to pull a card and reflect on that over the course of several days leading up to Samhain. You may want to do a Wheel of the Year spread where you have a card in the center that represents you, the significator, and then to pick a card for each of the 12 months going ahead. So beginning with November and concluding with October of the following year. And I like this form of divination where we create a circle, have a card in the middle, and just as you would with a clock, you have one o'clock going to 12 o'clock and pick a card and put it in each of those positions, beginning with November at the one o'clock and concluding with the October of the following year at the 12 o'clock. But I also like pulling an additional card and putting it over the significator that I chose or that came to me and um, how fabulous that can be. And so I um, really enjoy doing some personal divination as part of my way of making magic for personal transformation at Samhain time. I also think as part of making magic is to take a look at relationships in your life. And if there are some unresolved issues, this may be a time not so much on Samhain day and night itself, but the time leading up to it that you may want to reach out to someone that you've been at odds with and really try to evolve that relationship either concluded or to make amends. That can be a really powerful form of magic. Another personal thing that you may find helpful is to do a big transformation of your personal altar. Not only having some solid imagery on it, but you may want to dismantle the whole thing and recreate it or do a home blessing, a powerful time to let energy flow in a good way. Making some goals for the coming spiritual year. Can do that through journaling, reflection, another powerful way to prepare for the new spiritual year. In addition to the personal dimension for celebrating Samhain and Halloween, Household and home. Um, if you're living with others, what can you do together? Regardless of what their particular um, spiritual orientation is, chances are, at least for Halloween, most people uh, recognize that as something that really goes across different spiritual systems and actually has a secular kind of a, a folk celebration dimension to it. So you may want to have those that you live with take part in decorating the place and having a party at some point, bringing others into the household, strengthening connections. And of course, another dimension besides the personal and one's home and household is that of spiritual community. If you are part of a small group or a larger group that meets in person and that does a Samhain and or Halloween celebration, well, show up, contribute, volunteer, be part of the process. If you aren't part 
of a regular group, you may want to connect with spiritual community online through some shared online experiences. Circle Sanctuary has a full moon that we have online at the Circle Sanctuary YouTube channel. And our Samhain time full moon typically has a Samhain theme. And it's a way that you can be with a group of people and experience a ceremony for free from your home or wherever your device might be going with you. And as we move into cyberspace as another dimension, its own kind of dimension, well, there are all sorts of things getting shared in connection with Sawan on various social media sites. And a way to celebrate is to look at some of these things and to actually add your own contributions, if you're up for it, um, to that larger cyberspace celebration. I make sure when I'm celebrating in cyberspace that at least one of my live streams and posts to social media sites not only recognizes Samhain, but Beltane for those who are celebrating in the other hemisphere. We also can expand the dimensions of magic with rituals, with meditations, with charms, with festivities beyond our spiritual community, beyond our home, beyond our own personal ways of celebrating to the planet and by recognizing that we are part of a much larger community of people who are celebrating the Samhain time and Beltane time and to recognize our interconnections with each other. In addition to doing some planetary magic and certainly planet Earth is a wonderful place, but humankind has had some impacts, in particular since the Industrial Revolution, that are that's really impacting what's happening on our planet, causing a warming and climate change. I see a really powerful way to make magic at Samhain and Halloween time is to do some planetary healing work. This can take the form of a ritual. This can take the form of direct service to help the environment. This can take the form of interfacing with organizations that are doing work to mitigate climate change and to do education. And I invite you to take a look at materials that we have at the Circle Sanctuary website regarding our environmental work. And you may find some things there that are helpful in you devising your own ways of doing planetary healing magic for planet Earth at Samhain and Halloween time. In addition to the dimension of planet, let's take a look at cosmos. As part of my own celebration, I endeavor to get outdoors at night and to connect with that larger cosmos of which we are a part and to recognize that that too is part of the circle of nature. So this can be a really powerful time for strengthening one's awareness and attunement to the cosmos. Indeed, ancient peoples recognized the cycles of seasons on planet Earth, but also honored the cycles of the moon and the sun, and recognizing that larger universe that we are part of 
by being aware of planets and star configurations. And certainly now in the 21st century, there's even more opportunities to understand and connect with the cosmos now that there's some fabulous imagery of other parts of the universe via amazing satellites that and telescopes that are sharing with us some wonderful imagery. So we've started with the personal and we've gone to the cosmic, but I'd also invite you to look at magic dimensions across time. And as we look to the past, not only our personal past and the past connected with these different dimensions, but to specifically connect with the ancestors and with beloved dead, those who have gone before us to express appreciation and to strengthen connections. And if you are inclined to do so and have some grounding in this work to have communication with those who have gone before. So honoring the ancestors and the ancient ones is powerful. And it can take the form of taking some apple cider and pouring a libation at a place outdoors where you do honoring of the divine and of sacred forces. In addition to looking to the past, I invite you to consider as part of your making magic to also find a way to envision blessings for future generations of humans, as well as plants and creatures and ecosystems, the biosphere here on planet Earth and beyond. So some ways to consider making magic, personal, home and household, spiritual community, cyberspace, planet, cosmos, the ancient ones and ancestors in the dead, and future generations. Now I'd like to share with you some other ways of envisioning magic for Samhain and Halloween. Samhain time draws near, making magic here. 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 Well, that chant was one of the fun things that came out of my way of celebrating Samhain and Halloween in 2020 uh, during the height of the pandemic. And I continue to use that chant as part of my Samhain and Halloween observances. So I talked about magic being focused, intention for transformation. Let's take a look at the focus. Um, we've looked at the dimensions. So is your focus celebratory? Well, having a party. It can be a party with you and honoring the dead. You don't have to have other people present, but it's even better to join in with others. You might attend parties, you might host one yourself, and you may go to a festival. Circle Sanctuary has a Samhain festival every year. It's typically the last weekend in October. And as part of our way of celebrating Samhain and some Halloween too, because some of the decorations we get are actually Halloween direct <laughs> decorations that have their roots in um, that whole lore from the ancient past. 
we have a main ritual on our Saturday night, which is very focused on religious and spiritual dimensions of Samhain. But on Friday night, we have what some ancient Celts and ones perhaps not so ancient would call a Kaylee. We have a party and we have Celtic music with a live band. We dress up in costumes. This started way back in 1970s when I first started doing celebratory dimensions for celebrating Samhain and Halloween. And I called what we had back then a come as you were party, where you would dress up as you imagine yourself to be reincarnationally. How you might have been in another life whether you actually have done any reincarnational research and understanding or not, to have some fun with it, or in one's imagination. And uh, we changed the name over time to the Witch's Ball because we found a lot of people dressed in um, some what some people would call Halloween witch garb, the pointy hat in the broom and the black cape and that kind of thing. Well, the witch's ball not only brings our community together uh, to celebrate Samhain and Halloween, but our creativity and the fun of dress up, not just for the adults, but any young ones that are with us. So celebratory dimensions are really a wonderful way to celebrate Samhain and Halloween and make some magic. Fun can be magic. Seasonal alignment. I think it's very important to spend time out in nature in connection with making magic at Samhain and Halloween time. What is happening with plants in your area? What's the weather like? What climate patterns are unfolding in your area? And this can take the form of going into a natural area. I live rurally, so that would be the forest where I live. But I don't limit it to just where I live. I see seasonal alignment can take the form of a drive or a walk into the local area, looking at the beautiful changes in foliage. If you're in a part of the world where the trees and other vegetation change color at this time of year, and that itself has a a magic of nature's beauty and rhythms. And having an appreciation about that as well as an alignment with that is really powerful. Meditative and inner journeys. That's always been part of my Samhain and Halloween observances, making time to simply reflect reflect on life, reflect on death, reflect on self, relationships, projects, possibilities. There's structured and free form forms of meditation. And I have found that it really depends on the practitioner as to which will be the best fit. I actually do meditative and inner journeys in a number of different forms. I will do a quiet meditation and do some journaling and sharing, putting down in writing what is coming to me. That's a kind of meditative piece. I will go to a beautiful place in nature with the express purpose of being one with the environment and the changing season and getting inspiration from the greater circle of nature 
of which we're part. I also have guided inner journeys and taken part in inner journeys, guided by others or by myself, that's been a recording. And to have a directed journey, this can take the form of going to a crossroads and connecting with one or more forms of the divine. In many Wiccan and some other pagan traditions, the divine may take the form of a goddess, often as the wise old crone, and the god often in the form of an antlered or horn god of the forest. And you may, if you are aligned with a particular form of divinity and do a lot of work with it throughout the course of the year, you may want to do a facilitated journey specifically to journey to a sacred place associated with that divinity in your mind to get guidance as a whole, um, kind of a general new guidance for the new year, or specifically about a particular thing you're seeking input in. I do think if you're going to be doing some form of meditation or inner journey work, it will be greatly enhanced if you make time to center and clear your space before you begin and then have a few moments at the end to conclude, express appreciation for the divine in whatever form or forms you have connected with her, him, them, it, or however you refer to the divine. And then take some time to jot down some notes about what has come as a result of the meditation. It might be writing a description of what the meditation was about, or it might take the form of writing guidance or both. One of the reasons I'm suggesting some form of journaling in connection with the inner work is it helps you remember it when you write about it. And write about it in the present tense. That's something that I have taught when I've done courses in dream recall and dream study, when you write something in the present tense. In my journey, I see myself going down this pathway. I come to a clearing. There's an ancient circle of stones and in the center, there is a grand fire that is blazing and I stand before the fire and an ancestor comes and appears and gives me this guidance. That's an example of a kind of structured meditation that you could do. You may want to record it and play it back for yourself or if you're skilled in guiding your own structured meditation, then to do that and then when you are done to write the transcript down and your impressions about what you experienced. Divination is a kind of meditative experience as I do it. And I do see that divination is an example where you go into a meditative state, you are working with a divinatory tool or a process. And then as you emerge from the meditative state, then you let guidance get distilled into a word, a phrase, or perhaps even a paragraph. And to give that form and to set it down can be really helpful because once you've set it down, then in the, if you were doing your divinatory magic making for someone in Halloween, and you're doing that right prior to the actual uh, main time that you'll be celebrating, then you have, you've planted a seed, you have created a means for guidance to come and be present with you. And that can be a really powerful way to 
go about making transformative magic, deepening your understanding, not only of yourself, but of sacred dimensions. Honoring the divine is a focus in of itself. Divine is one, the interconnecting force, great spirit, some people call that the fifth element spirit. Uh, some people work with a pantheon of divinities, some do not work with deities per se. So take a look at the forms of the divine that you are most aligned with. And one way of making magic is to actually create a time where you call to mind the different forms of the divine that you have the strongest relationship with and to express appreciation as well as to do an honoring. This might take the form of burning some incense or candle, um, some candles as offerings, doing a chant, um, speaking words of appreciation. So your focus of your magic can be strengthening existing connections with the divine as you know it. But this may be a powerful time to invite the divine to come to you in a form that you haven't worked with before and to develop that relationship. Then of course, there's all sorts of charms and spells and rituals that can be done as part of making magic at Samhain and Halloween. In fact, many people will think magic making is primarily about spell casting and charm creation. But I actually see that making magic has much more, um, it's much more rich and complicated with lots of possibilities. There may be a way of creating an altar for a particular focus, have some Samhain symbols on that, and to do a ritual, a charm, or a spell specifically for that purpose. Perhaps it has to do with a healing need for yourself or for others. Perhaps it has to do with changing a habit that has been something difficult to do by other methods you've tried. It might take the form of working on a creative endeavor and to enhance your creative connections and inspirations. And I do think as part of magic making at Samhain and Halloween, it's important to do your personal work, um, work within your own um, support network, your household, family and friends, partner, spouse, um, if you're multi-generational um, in terms of your household, the whole family focus, but to actually do some magic for the greater good. Now, some people call this part of the great work, uh, especially people who have been involved in different forms of magic making from a number of traditions. But having some magic that you do for the greater good. For me, working on planetary well-being is an ongoing part of the great work within magic making throughout the year, but especially at Samhain time. I'd like to share with you now some additional ways to make magic at Samhain time. Chanting can be a really wonderful way to enhance magic of many types, of many dimensions, with many types of focus. I like to cast a circle as part of the magic making I do. And I have a Samhain circle casting chant, which is a variation of a general circle casting chant that I have done over the years. 
circle of saw and power. So really tap into that power when you sing that line. Circle of saw and light. Imagining a radiant light surrounding you. Now you might change that color to a pumpkin orange or some people connect blue light with the spirit world or a sparkly rainbow light. I'll leave what color and visualization of a light um, up to you. Circle of saw and magic. Well, for this, what's the focus of your magic? Is it real particular? Is it a more general piece? Circle of saw and right. Actually using this to start the right. Starts focusing your awareness, your body, your feelings, your drive, and your spirit. Getting that in sync as you create the sacred circle. I find that when I face each of the sacred quarters of the circle, that I not only honor the directions, but an associated element. Now, there are a lot of different systems out there. The one that I work with and that others who are practitioners of the circle craft tradition do has north and earth and north, Air and east, fire and south, water and west, spirit in center, circle around, spirit in center, circle around, earth and north, air and east, fire and south, water and west, spirit in center, circle around, spirit in center, circle around. I often will also connect with the planet beneath as well as the land where I'm doing the ritual, as well as the sky above in the cosmos, so that I'm actually connecting with multiple directions, not just the compass point. Not necessary to really do that chant, but that's a good way to remember one way of marking them. And when you think about it, if you work with each of the quarter points according to an element, in the north with earth, you're attuning to your body. Air and east, your thoughts. Fire and south, your drive, your energy. Water and west, your feelings and relationships. Spirit in center, the divine, the soul within you and around you. So in addition to these chants, you may want to do this version. Saw and fire, saw and night, saw and magic, spirits light. Saw and fire, saw and night, saw and magic, spirits light. I often will do that around a bonfire, casting in offerings into the fire, gazing into the fire as a kind of scrying, a kind of um, divination as doing the chant. I've done this as a personal ritual, as a household ritual, and at times, depending on who's coordinating our main ritual at the Circle Sanctuary Samhain Festival, that might be a chant that I contribute to that. Ancestors, we call to you. Ancestors, we honor you. So that's a chant that can be used as you honor the ancestors. You may want to create an altar and put a bit of each of the dishes of food that you have as part of your own Samhain feast on a plate setting for the ancestors and beloved dead. And you may want to take some of the beverages that are being served at your feast, whether it's just you and the other world or whether you have a group of people and put that in a cup. And I also, as part of creating an altar to honor ancestors and beloved did, will have some candles or some other offerings there. So having a light 
to honor, not to repel, but to actually attract the ancestors. And I typically use a mirror and a crystal or something to serve as the portal for them to come forward. Come to us now, O spirits. Come to us now, O spirits. So if you've done work with connecting with the other world, this can be a chant to do. It is good to have a secure circle, to be centered, to have a clear space, and to call on the spirits of departed loved ones, beloved dead, mighty dead, the ancestors, to that invite them to come to you as you are present, to connect with them, to receive their messages, as well as to express your appreciation and your connections with them. When I do a spirit plate, spirit cup offering, and have that on an altar. I do this on a personal level and a household level, as well as the circle sanctuary community level. We take those offerings and put them outdoors at a sacred place. For a circle sanctuary that takes the form of our cemetery, uh, the morning after the main Samhain rite where we have the offerings for the dead, at my home, it's going to one of our sacred mound areas, naturally occurring mounts, um, or one of the oak trees on our property. And I have a chant for giving the offerings. Beloved dead, come get fed. Beloved dead, come get fed. So those are a few chants that you might want to weave into your making magic at Samhain and Halloween. One of my favorite ways of celebrating Halloween, in addition to having some of my Samhain decorations actually be Halloween decorations going at the Halloween, is to make time in the days and nights leading up to the Halloween night Two, uh, usually it's my husband and I will go driving around the local area and sometimes further beyond and just look at the creation of Halloween displays in front yards, in backyards, on porches. It's amazing. And I've seen some places which truly have um, filled their yards with all sorts of decorations. I see that as part of the celebratory ways of celebrating Halloween. Um, I do think altar making is an important technique for celebrating Samhain and Halloween, making magic. You may want to put a wreath of some type on your front door and do a blessing of your home. I like having pumpkins on the front porch and I typically have brooms there as well. I have at least one altar in my home. I call it the Sabbath altar where I have symbols of the season acorns and some small gourds, often some of the mini pumpkins and things, and have things I've gathered from nature that represent the season. Having a shrine to the ancestors, to beloved dead, in particular those who have crossed over in the past year, those are things that can be kept year-round, but at Samhain time, you may find it helpful to have a special Samhain altar where you create a portal and put offerings and have that be a place where you remember and honor beloved dead. At our household, this takes the form of us having some photographs of our ancestors and beloved dead that uh, we seek to focus our connections with. Obviously, um, there is a um, way to be able to connect beyond using photographs, but I've found having some pictures of those 
um, family members who have crossed over in the into the other world is really um, a way to connect with them. And if there has been a loved one who's died in the past year, I usually make a separate altar for that. Uh, having images of divinity can be really a helpful thing as well. And of course, I wouldn't be complete with making magic at Samhain and Halloween without talking about the Silent Supper. It used to be called the Dumb Supper, but a lot of people were calling it um, Silent Supper, where you sit in, very in silence. You have a place setting for the departed loved one or ones for us we have one plate to honor all the beloved dead and we kindle candles. Uh, we've done this at our big festival, but we've also done that at home and having a time to reflect on those who have gone before. In fact, some say the trick-or-treat custom that is so widespread now and has gone international around the world and multicultural, multilingual, really comes from the old custom that if you honored your dead and ancestors at this time, you will be blessed the treat. If you did not, you get some corrective feedback in the form of a trick um, that would help you get things put right. I, I do think going to a cemetery as someone comes up um, especially if you have loved ones at that cemetery, leaving an offering on grave sites, clean, cleaning the grave site. That's another powerful way of strengthening that connection with the other world as a whole and the particular deceased loved one or ones in particular. As far as divination goes, well, I like working with different forms of divination. So that can take the form of tarot and oracle cards, the Ching and runes, and not only looking at the future, but the past, getting input about that, its present and the future. But there's forms of divination that are more free form, um, using a scrying mirror or scrying into a dark bowl with water in it, scrying into a fire, scrying into incense that's been kindled for that purpose, or um, having some herbs or other items that are cast in a particular way and looking at patterns. So there's many different ways of doing divination and dream questing, paying attention to your dreams and making a note of what dreams you've had. And you may even do dream incubation, which is a specific form of dream divination. I have some podcasts about that if you'd like some more information. Of course, having a bonfire is an important part of celebrating. And I, whether you are able to do a large outdoor bonfire or it takes the form of a votive candle or a tea light in a cauldron inside, it's your sacred Samhain fire, spending time kindling that. And as you do, recognizing that you are connected with all of those who have celebrated this Celtic fire festival with fire. Trick or treating, masquerades, parties, Samhain and Halloween, good times for both of those. And being able to take a Samhain nature walk is perhaps one of the more powerful dimensions of making magic, recognizing the beauty of nature and recognizing the circle of seasons and attuning to that. I wish you a blessed Samhain and a happy Halloween, however you observe it. We have a lot of information at the Circle Sanctuary website. Celebrating the Seasons is a free online guide that's hosted at the circlesanctuary.org, our main website, and then 
I also am sharing different imagery on my own social media, which now includes Selena Fox updates on Facebook, the Selena Fox YouTube channel, the Selena underscore Fox Twitter, AKA X. I'm on threads now, Selena Fox. I'm on TikTok now. <laughs> the Selena Fox Circle, and I'm on Instagram. So there's a lot of different ways to connect with some additional ways of connecting with Samhain and Halloween, some imagery, some chants, and information from my own um, presence in social media. And um, also check out the Circle Sanctuary website for my free online guide for celebrating Samhain as well as the Circle Sanctuary YouTube channel, where we have a variety of different um, workshops and rituals over time. And of course, check out the archives for Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, CSNP. We have not only podcasts that I've done in the past, but um, those done by others on our team as part of our archives. And you'll also find that at the circlesanctuary.org website. The circle of nature around us, the circle of nature within us, the circle of nature around us, the circle of nature within us. Thank you for being part of this making magic at Samhain and Halloween. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings.